0: Welcome to We Need to Talk About Kevin. We are now approaching the end of Benuary. Our very exciting month-long celebration of the works of Ben Affleck is coming to an end. And for this episode, of course, we had to talk about something that is absolutely uh, pivotal to the We Need to Talk About Kevin uh, canon, And since it's such a momentous event here, we had to bring in a couple of ringers, a couple of very special guests. With us, we have a, a two uh, guys who read books, uh, the hosts <laughs> of the wonderful uh, sci-fi and fantasy podcast, Podside Picnic. We have Pete and Carlo. Hello. Welcome. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Yeah,
1: thanks for having it's us on.
0: That, uh, thanks so much for coming on. Obviously, you guys are experts in genre fiction, so you can help us uh, to understand the the significance of this film we watched, which is, of course, 1998's Phantoms, based on the novel by Dean Koontz. Uh, do either of you have any experience with Dean Koontz? Have you read many of his books?
1: I... I... I have to sadly admit that yes, I read several of them.
0: Is that a sad mm. admission? I don't know. Is he good? <laughs> What's the story with Coons?
1: He is. Um, he is very bog standard. Uh, mm. uh, um, I, I think I read. Oh, and
0: it? Ted and Ted's here too. I didn't even introduce myself. I'm Trevor. <laughs> I, I'm Trevor. It's, by the way, it's me too. And Ted, that was that <laughs> that meek little voice you just heard was
2: Ted. <laughs> If you hear barking that's chewy, I think that's all the possible players here.
0: Sorry, I got a little thrown off there. Carlo, <laughs> please continue.
1: No, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, just, I mean the-
0: just introducing Ted, you can <laughs> go on now.
1: <laughs> Hello Ted. Hello Trevor. What's uh, up? And uh, I am sorry and to And that's say that Carlo I-
0: and Pete with us too. For Thank you. We're S- all professionals us. here, folks. Yeah.
1: Uh, thanks for trusting yeah. us with your ears. Um so, yeah, I, I think I read Watchers and there's a bunch of them that I read all in a bu- – like in a row. And the last one I remember was Lightning, which uh, wasn't good either. <laughs> uh, I, I Or rather, I I sort of got to a point and I realized, why am I reading this again? And put it down and never went back. And that's he's, been my experience with Dean Koontz. He's
2: like – uh. You know that there's a if 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 you look around a, a hotel room after somebody's left in a hurry, there's like a Sid uh, a, a Sheldon book or an Iris Johansson. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's what we're dealing with with Dean Kuhn. See, I mean, he's a perfectly serviceable writer. I would not say he's bad, but the fact is, he just vomits these up as a at a furious rate.
0: Well, is he the the lesser man's Stephen King? Is that that's yes. my understanding of who Dean Koontz is. Having yeah, I, having but, not read he, either of their books or any books really, that's that's the impression I've gotten. I, I mean,
1: to be honest with you, like if Dean Koontz had been ri- had been born like 20 years earlier, uh he he probably like shakes his fist at the shadow of Stephen King, yeah. like just drowning him out. <laughs> Uh, Yeah. Well,
2: 10 years earlier, he'd just be Clive Barker. I mean, there's no winning.
1: uh, No. I mean, not even close. (laughs) Clive Barker is like totally different. Uh, But yes, I I understand where you're coming from. (laughs)
2: Okay. Wow. I just found a sensitive area. We'll have to explore that later. Well, I
1: mean, I'm just saying that Clive Barker comes from a, I guess, the position of a queer man living in Britain. And Dean Kuntz, as I understand it, is very Christian. And it sort of comes across in his writing. So, Clive Barker, if you want to go for gore and just gross shit that is amazingly written, go for Clive Barker.
3: So, I I actually, you know, surprise from those who know me, I have read a Dean Kuntz book. Uh, I looked it up. It took me a while to find it just now. Uh, It's called The Fun House. I read it when I, I was probably like maybe 11 or 12 maybe even younger, but I remember it just being like incredibly fucked up and not, not liking it. But when you're a kid, like, I don't know, when I was a kid, I would just finish anything that I read, even if I didn't like it. Um, and it's, it's fucked up. It's just like these people like have an awful like baby that's super strong and then it like kills and like rapes its mom's old children or something. I don't know. I'm looking at the synopsis now and it's basically what I remember. It's it's extremely bad. And I, I, like, not bad, but I don't remember I was a child. But, like, Jesus Christ, fucked up. Who let me read this? Um, but that's the only one I ever read. I read a lot of Stephen uh, King books, one of which actually, I think, has some similarities to the movie we watched. But I'll bring that up later, I guess.
0: But, yeah, that's the only one I've ever read. Well, before we get too deep into the analysis of this uh, classic film... Uh, I should mention this movie basically has nothing to do whatsoever with Kevin Smith except for the fact what I mainly know this movie from and what I imagine, you know, probably most people in the world who've heard of it know it from is the famous line from Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, the repeated line, Affleck was the bomb in Phantoms. Uh, so that was basically the sole reason that we felt it was necessary to talk about this. It, it occupies uh, such a place in the, the Kevin King. the Kevin King, the Kevin Smith and and Ben Affleck uh, shared universes uh, that, that we had to talk about it. So I, I guess a question that I want to pose to everyone, and hopefully we can use this as a jumping off point uh anyone feel free to chime in here was affleck the bomb in phantoms uh,
1: this is the question that i was gonna ask <laughs> when i heard that <laughs> uh i I am not entirely sure that he was uh i think that um his cast uh his his co cast member his fellow actor Peter O'Toole was the bomb but uh sure. Ben affleck was i, I I think that Ben Affleck was even outshone, outshone by Liev Schreiber. Oh, in this yeah. One. Yes.
0: I, I have to say I tend to agree with you here. Uh, as much as we're big fans of Ben, we had a whole month about him on our podcast. <laughs> uh, I definitely don't think this was his strongest performance. In fact, I found it. Odd. He looks so young here, and it's weird that he's playing yeah. a sheriff. He looks way too young to be a sheriff with this dark past in the FBI. If if Ben played a part like this now, I think he would absolutely crush it. Uh, this would be perfect <laughs> yeah. for modern Ben. <laughs> but uh, I have
2: a theory here. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, it. uh, He took a look at this role and tried to figure out how to play it up against the... Uh, another powerhouse actor, shall we say. And he made the Keona Reeves decision. I am going to have a flat affect. (laughs) I am going to be a cop. I'm going to try and like dial it down a little. And I think think it was a daring choice. I think that it's probably not what you want to do with Affleck. But I, I don't think it was nuts. Eventually, I'm gonna call him the insurance duck, and feel free to jump on me for it. By the way, <laughs> oh, like Affleck? Okay. Yes.
1: <laughs> he, he had a flat Affleck. Wow. Yes. Wow. Oh God. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, I, uh, I, I I think he's I think that Ben is okay in Phantoms. I definitely wouldn't say that he's the bomb in this movie. No. Uh this is not the best showcase of his skills, although maybe it was at the time. Uh, frankly, I have to say I think probably the best performance we've seen from Ben's early career was unfortunately a Kevin Smith movie, Dogma, where he's he's absolutely electric as a villain in Dogma, uh much better than in this movie. And yeah, it's weird casting at, to have him as a sheriff because he's so young. And Carlo was right that Liev Schreiber would get was much more uh, interesting to watch. Uh, and he was sort of playing like what Liev Schreiber.
3: Li, fuck, what <laughs> Liev Schreiber? I can't you say, can't that. say Shri- that guy Schreiber. Plays, <laughs> I listen. I have trouble with my R's. Don't make fun of me. Um, <laughs> Schreiber. There we go. Um, no, but uh, like he just plays Liev Schreiber, but. It's such a fun thing to watch. Like, he plays that in everything he's in, and it's always, like, fun. It's never overdone that I think, you know, it really works. Yeah,
0: so the the, the idea, what's going on in this movie, right, uh, without uh, over-explaining it, is that there's a small town. Uh, there's these two uh, women, two sisters, that are in this small town, and everybody there is dead or disappeared or whatever. And then these three, Ben Affleck as the sensitive sheriff shows up with his two deputies. Uh, to try to figure out what's going on, and long story short, there's some kind of horrible ancient Lovecraftian evil entity uh, that uh, killed everyone and took over the town, kind of. Um, and Leah Schreiber is like, I guess he's supposed to be kind of a shitty guy in the first place, but the 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 ancient enemy is like infecting his mind a little bit, right? Because very early on, he starts acting funny. He starts kind of getting the sillies. He starts yeah. giggling about stuff and just being weird. And uh, Ben's kind of like, what's your problem, man? What's going on with you? And then he gets killed.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, I I wanted to sort of mention that the this is sort of like a weird – such a strange movie. It's basically that meme about like, uh, oh, you gave monkeys anxiety, um, but <laughs> a- applied to the thing, you know. And yeah, the thing is the villain here, but then leave Schreiber becomes his vehicle. And honestly, you know, um, Trevor, you you mentioned that that. Uh, Ben Affleck, as a villain, is electric in dogma. And I agree with you on that. And I have to wonder. I was
0: really hoping that he would like turn and become a villain at some point. Yes. Because they were really playing up how, like, he's this very nice sheriff and he has sort of trauma in his past because he accidentally killed a child.
1: Well, no, no. He keeps he keeps that uh, that newspaper. Yeah, clipping in his back he keep, pocket, he carries a photo of the kid he accidentally
0: killed everywhere he goes, so He's he can reveal his sensitive it. side to a, a, yeah. a woman. You're like, this is yeah. this is the boy I killed. This is why yep. I had to leave the
2: FBI. Yet somehow he's not the creepiest cop. No, yeah, no, I mean,
0: he's he's the good cop. He's he's yeah. the good, sensitive cop who cares about women's feelings and makes sure they're doing okay and stuff. <laughs> yeah,
1: he's he he's honestly like a Felix Biederman character, <laughs> the, the cop that carries like a a, a newspaper clipping <laughs> in his back pocket and says, "I shouldn't be alone right now," you know. Um,
2: well, so we have sensitive to cop, we have crazy cop, and then we have cop on an egg timer that doesn't make it 15 yeah, minutes Yeah, ahead. yeah, yeah. Uh, you could totally tell he was gone.
0: Carlo, I think you were going to say that, like, uh, would have been interesting to see Trevor uh, – I said my own name. Would have been interesting <laughs> to see Ben as the crazy cop instead of the yes. good cop. Yeah, yeah. If they
1: had flipped Liv Schreiber – because Liv Schreiber – uh, I think there hasn't been a role that Liv Shriver has played that he is undeniably the good guy. Mm. He's always sort of like a, on the edge. Like there's always something simmering under – and he portrays that well. I mean that that's uh, – I don't know if that's simply a typecasting thing or, and he's always played that because that's the thing that he's – stood out for. But honestly speaking, if they had cast him as the good cop and Ben Affleck as the cop that turns, I feel like this would have been slightly more interesting.
0: Yeah, that that would be cool. And I was also hoping to see that uh, character built up more as like gradually becoming a villain because he also dies very early on, but obviously he comes back to be like a puppet of the the e- e- evil uh, enemy but it, I kind of thought, I don't know, I thought maybe they are going to do something more interesting where like he kind of slowly became evil over the course of the movie and they don't like know it at first. But but he just right. dies or he- and he comes back as like a, you know, a ghost, a ghoul or whatever. And obviously he's, uh you know, being taken over by the possessed by the fucking uh, Lovecraft monster.
2: I wanted him to be, like, a cultist or something that knew all along, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That'd be awesome.
0: Because he's, like, giggling when he sees the weird dead bodies. Because the first thing that starts happening is they find dead bodies, but the dead bodies are all (laughs) weird-looking. Yeah. (laughs) Don't
1: forget that they find two pumpkin pies just beautifully cooked. And then suddenly, I I don't know how, like, they put severed heads up into the like above the the burners or the 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 heating coils in the oven and you're like what what the fuck were they doing here exactly i don't know how you can do that
3: i don't i mean that's a like an industrial oven or you know commercial oven or whatever so maybe they're different but like i don't I don't know. There's a piece above the oven that things went. Guys, do. It's, like, well,
0: it's a it's a magic ancient ghost monster. It can put heads wherever it wants. <laughs> so that's the thing is that it's not like it's
3: it's just like a bug or something. It's like a goob, a big goob. Is it? Is
0: it? Yeah. Well, that's the form it ap- appears to be taking now. But then the very uh, end, the little cliffhanger ending, seems to imply they didn't actually kill it. Maybe you can't kill it. No. Maybe it yeah. really is
3: a god but they like they probably have like
0: it probably had like a little bit of it or whatever. I don't know. I, that made more sense to me. So you think so you think Ben Affleck was right and this is just some physical thing and it just thinks it's like an ancient evil uh monster. Yes. I like that better anyway. So so no, no one has uh read the the book this was based on also called Phantoms, right? Correct.
1: Sadly sadly no.
0: Well, here's uh, this is just an interesting tidbit uh <laughs> I'm reading from Wikipedia here. This is kind of flowery prose for Wikipedia. The novel includes many literary tips of the hat to the work of H.P. Lovecraft, including the suggestion that the novel's ancient enemy is Lovecraft's god Nyarlathotep, also known as the Crawling Chaos, and the fact that the character of the Air Force Specialist in potential contact with non-human intelligence is named Captain Arkham. Most of these Lovecraftian references were excised from the 1998 film version. So uh, it it seems like in the book, at least, it was more explicitly, uh, you know, an ancient evil god uh, demon thing like from Lovecraft. Uh, But uh, I guess it's meant to be more ambiguous in the movie. Well, it's just sort of like a goo monster
2: in the, in it, the, in the movie. It's oil?
0: It's like an oil monster? It's, it, yeah. It's, it's crude It's oil. made
2: out of petroleum, which <laughs> drives me insane. Like, okay, Why it cut it off oil? some heads and put it in the oven. Why didn't it blow up? Uh, well, no, because it can, like, become It's people. clearly magic.
0: Like, uh, let's not pretend that, I mean, it's weird because they use science to defeat it. If you, like, showed cavemen a car
3: that ran on oil, they'd be like, nah, that's magic, dude. <laughs>
0: okay Just that's what i mean i mean from our perspective it's magic there's no understanding how it works or does anything you know
1: well i mean the the thing here is that it does look like uh it looks like um honestly like uh the the black goo from the x-files mm-hmm. um <laughs> i'm sorry yes man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I was expecting crycheck to show up and and just corral it. Um, the
0: smoking man. Mulder and Scully would have solved this in in forty minutes. This wouldn't have even been like a major episode. This is a, like oh, a one yeah. off.
2: Yeah, yeah <laughs> like exactly. ever heard of the oil alien?
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, just put it. Just put it in the refinery, man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think that the the thing here is that uh, I. It's, it's such a weird movie because it's, it's honestly it's very predictable. Um, you mentioned Liv Schreiber like you know sort of checking out early, and I remember that scene and thinking to myself, so there, hold on, there's a thing outside the window and they're just gonna shoot the window up. And I'm like, 30 seconds that thing is gonna come right through the window and kill somebody and holy shit Do, doesn't leave Schreiber even say
0: like oh there's no way that thing's coming back now we just shot it too many times <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
3: like oh we got it we like shot they it 30 like unloaded times.
1: so much ammo out that window that was awesome it just there there should have been like a disintegrated like window frame where where the window used to be uh, i mean yeah and then it, it's like a weird moth monster type of thing that
3: yeah it's a cool like big face crawler moth thing yeah yeah it's i mean awesome. that was cool i i have I was to, to that was I, when i really started to like in because before that i was so bored And then after the moth part, I got kinda into it.
0: Yeah, up until then, it had a very TV movie kind of vibe uh, to it. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I have to point out, uh, I just noticed this. Uh, So Dean Koontz wrote this novel in 1983, the year after John Carpenter's The Thing came out. Oh
1: my God. So,
0: um, I don't know, that seems awfully, a little too close for comfort here. Yeah. Basically, the the only difference is like, oh, but it's not an alien, it came from the earth. But it's the same concept as the thing. Holy <laughs> it's shit! Just uh, that it came from uh, underneath the earth instead of above the earth.
2: That was his big twist. Have you done an Im- image search on Dean Koontz yet? No. Should I? Oh, God. oh yeah. <laughs> yes, you should. That dude is the thing. I'm telling you.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, I've seen Dean Koontz. He has that incredible hair. Yes,
1: yes, yes. <laughs> He's committed so hard fuck? to that hair, and I d- yes. don't understand it. <laughs> it's honestly, it's a, it's truly amazing. You you could tell that that hair is like made out of some synthetic material. It is not.
0: Yeah it it's definitely not real hair oh at my this God. point. He's like too old for his hair to to look like that.
1: <laughs> I, I just saw the picture and said to myself, "Dude, it's it's fine." It's fine. You can go bald. It's it's, fine. fine. People don't care anymore. It's like he he
0: developed a fixation with Mo from the Three Stooges at a young age (laughs) and just really never wanted to give up the Mo Mo look. (laughs) He's so committed to
2: it. So what's weird about him is like in the 70s and early 80s, he had a totally different look where where he was clearly bald and he had a mustache and he looked like uh, G. Gordon Liddy from the Watergate scandals.
1: Well, I mean, I can really? understand why you wouldn't change the yeah. look.
2: <laughs> I mean, it was actually Holy a shit. much cooler.
0: <laughs> he looks ro- he looked so much cooler back then.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I like shit. I have no idea what's going on in his head. Okay, so he's, he's
0: he's he's clearly losing his hair. He's got a severely receding hairline and he's got like a fucking Burt Reynolds mustache. He looks awesome. <laughs> And then oh, at yeah. some like point he got too bald and decided, to, he was like, well, I'm just going to wear this this Three Stooges toupee for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like, it
3: would, would be really be hard money? to What's be like, happening? he looked like a
0: cool, weird author guy in the 70s. That's
1: crazy. Yeah. I've never seen that. He he went into the store and said, "Can I get the JFK hair?" Look? <laughs> <laughs> it's like
0: it, it's it's like he wanted to look like he has. It's like a bowl cut, but with a weird sweep. It's almost like the oh. er, the early. Remember the classic Bieber look when we first <laughs> when Bieber when Bieber first came on the scene. Yeah, Justin Bieber was really copying Dean Kuntz's swag <laughs> when he first came out. <laughs>
2: He looks looks like a televangelist just starting out with that hair. (laughs) (laughs) Like the
0: minor leagues of (laughs) televangelists. Like, how could he, like, he must be like a millionaire, right? He must have a lot of money. I don't understand how you can be rich and look like that. Like, you have to have people to, like, fix that for you.
2: Well, I mean, maybe it's a baller move. He's like, you know what? I could look like a huge shithead, and who cares? I'm rich. I would actually kind of respect that.
0: May, may, maybe he's trying to find people who will be honest with him. He's tired of being surrounded <laughs> by yes men, so he has to have the stupidest hair of all time for like 40 years to see if <laughs> anyone will say anything.
1: <laughs> it's it's a trust it's a trust maneuver. If you don't call his hair shitty, he won't Dean hire Dean
2: sitting on his lonely throne, looking for a good advice. Who will tell him the truth? That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: heavy is the head, dude. so forth cool.
2: <laughs> that writes the crap. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, uh, so,
0: so, Mr. Ben Affleck, as we sometimes call him here, we like to show him a little respect. Uh, it, it, it's not his strongest performance. I think he does look great in that sheriff's getup. I like the hat. Uh, I, as I said, I'd love to see older, almost 50 Ben Affleck play a part like this, maybe with a little bit of yeah. a beard. Uh, I think like that would be pretty cool. But also, I'd like him to be a bad sheriff, not like a sensitive, uh, sad that he killed a kid sheriff. Uh <laughs> his his big emotional climax, I guess, is that uh the the thing I'm just gonna call it the thing because that's yeah. easier to say than ancient yeah. enemy. Come on. so yeah. the thi- <laughs> So the thing imitates the the boy that he killed to like taunt him and uh the idea is that it's like trying to force him to uh, ki- <laughs> shoot the kid again basically. <laughs> because <laughs> he's being confronted by the form of this kid but he's like no this time I'm going to miss and he shoots him in like the hand or something what does he do <laughs>
2: he, he's, he's got he's got a vial of those the kid is holding a vial of those chemicals that are supposed to kill the right thing. right 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 right
0: so th- they come up with a scientific solution to to kill this ancient uh, god thing because it's apparently they, made out of petroleum
2: they they basically frack
0: it yeah, with the. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That, well, it's, a, it's a bacteria that they use to clean up oil spills, apparently. And it, <laughs> it reproduces super fast. It's weaponized bacteria. So it's like, okay, if we shoot the ancient evil monster with this thing, maybe that'll kill it. And sure enough, it works, or does it? Uh, mm. But for, by, by all accounts, it seems to work at the time, right? <laughs> And yeah, so Ben, so it's the 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 thing the creature is trying to entice him to shoot this uh, facsimile of the kid, which which I mean, I don't know, like, why should that bother him? He already like that's not he's already murdered him. He can't get any more dead by him shooting a fake version of him. But he instead shoots the vials of the bacteria to kill Mm. it
2: well it's like well, you know when you're watching a movie and there's something that could shape change and it changes into whoever's threatening it and goes could you really shoot yourself it's like fuck you he knows he's yeah. not the kid
0: I, yeah it's like i know uh, yeah that, that would be even worse like i know that's not me i'm me <laughs> what what am i supposed to think that shooting this other me is gonna also shoot me and
2: that's not even how bullets work Yeah. Worry about your therapy later. Shoot. Well,
0: it's like that thing where like uh, when there's like an evil psychic or something, they always they like invade your brain and make you think that like your wife never died or like your parents still love you or something. You know, they give you this fantasy thing and you just immediately go like, wow, this is amazing. But then you have to like. Break through and realize it's, fi- but it's like I feel like that wouldn't work. You know, I'd be like, I know this isn't my fucking life. You can't just trick me by putting fake stuff in my head. I know <laughs> well, that. I know that's not the kid that I killed because he's dead. I fucking killed him. I've got the newspaper clipping to prove it. Here, let me take
1: it out of my back pocket. Yeah. Let me show you that <laughs> yeah. kid. He's dead. So- so, I mean, the thing here, and, and this is interesting because apparently, according to IMDb, um, Dean Koontz wrote the script. Yes. So, he did. is Dean Koontz uh, saying that basically therapy is really evil? Trauma, exploring <laughs> your trauma is really the evil part. I don't, <laughs> why don't. Why don't you expound on that theory a little bit? I mean to be honest with you, like it's absolutely true what you're saying that like <laughs> why is this supposed to be – like I, I remember like not feeling anything. I was like, oh, it's not even built up to. It's sort of like you, you see him show um, uh, Rose McGowan's sister in the movie. I forget what her name is. Um, the, the the newspaper clipping and it's, it's like not even like – it's like maybe a minute, not even – Perhaps not even that, where he's like, "Oh, I feel so bad about this," and blah blah blah. And you see the headline. You're, Is that enough time for me as a viewer to really feel like he's been affected by this? Hell no. I mean, and and more so in the year from yeah, twenty twenty one. You know,
0: it's not it's, like uh, it's not like uh, Sergeant Al Powell in Die Hard, where he's like afraid to use his gun. You know, and then has to overcome that at the end because he killed a kid. He, Ben Affleck is fine. I guess, I guess he left the FBI because of that, but he's still a cop. He still is comfortable shooting stuff. He seems like pretty normal. So yeah, it doesn't seem like the thing is holding him back that much except for the his creepy habit of carrying the newspaper clipping around everywhere he goes. <laughs> yes.
2: well, Which upon- is absolutely a pickup technique. The-
0: <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I should like, be oh, Yeah, I killed I killed a kid once, don't believe me yeah here it is here it is here it is in black and white
1: I'm bearing my heart to you <laughs>
3: and it's like a it's like a pretty large chunk of newspaper
1: yeah, right. I feel like that I, movie, I'm amazed that like a piece of newspaper thing. has survived this yeah, long too uh, yeah, yeah. It, it,
0: it would get all worn from how many times he had to bust it out and unfold it to show women at bars <laughs> and stuff and
3: he makes yeah, sure uh, the like the entire title of the article is visible like he can't it's like Ben oh, Affleck have have kills the wall, child forget like, what caps. <laughs> You're like fuck what's <laughs> What's this picture of some child in my pocket doing? So, if he can, were
2: a real player, he'd have gotten it tattooed on his chest. <laughs>
1: that would
2: be sick as
1: fuck. So, um can, can we talk real briefly about what age do you think Ben Affleck was when he joined the FBI? That's was yeah, it, 16? it must have been
0: must have been right out of college. Like he yeah. got, went to a special accelerated <clears throat> program at Quantico. He was like he took some aptitude tests and he's like, wow, this is the, we found, this kid is the perfect cop. We got to get him in the FBI right away. His child murdering levels are off the charts. We got to get him out in the field pronto.
2: I brought you your coffee, sir.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if he had enough seniority with the FBI that he could be like, well, I'm just going to go be a small town sheriff and bring my buddy with me. Because I think the Nikki Cat deputy character said that he was also in the FBI with him. And I guess he went, Maybe he he went with like, him to interns, be like a small town
1: uh, sheriff. Deputy, I mean, this would make perfect sense if it was set in Utah, not Colorado. Yeah. Given the given the U, yes. given the FBI's uh, penchant for hiring people from that area, am I saying well, maybe more this minutes? is just
2: yes. maybe this is the town where they shit can people? That might just be an FBI thing.
0: Yeah, the, the, they send them to, like, the creepy place where all the all the ghoulies and monsters and stuff show up. Everybody in the town's a former FBI fuck-up. Oh, you don't like killing kids for the
2: FBI? Let's see how you like monsters. Can, can we talk about the FBI reaction here? Sure. Was this whole, like... If you got a call from a small-town sheriff, and maybe you knew him when he was at the FBI, and he says, yeah, a couple of people are dead, I don't know, it could be hundreds, and then it cuts out, would your response to be like to fly across the country – kidnap Could have been a slow a, day a pulp writer well, this, and then <laughs> this can't be a
0: coincidence the name of this guy who writes for a a, t- a tabloid magazine was on a mirror so we got to go track him down <laughs>
1: <laughs> well come on now like haven't you haven't you wanted the editor uh, and contributor of the Basically, this world's weak world. Uh, yeah, yeah. Weekly World News.
0: Yeah, it's called the Wide World News, and the lo- <laughs> the logo is like the same. It looks exactly like Weekly World News. Clearly, like
1: to be honest <laughs> with you, this is the world where Bat Boy actually exists. Okay, come yeah,
0: on. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, so okay, but it should be said that this Peter Otu- The Peter O'Toole character is like a serious uh, academic, but he's been like spurned by the world of academia because of his silly uh, theories about ancient (laughs) underground
3: gods.
0: Oh my God. God. because, because his, his, his paper on the ancient enemy was so roundly rejected by the (laughs) academic community, his only choice is to go write for the goddamn weekly world news. Like, obviously no one's going to take you seriously if you're writing for a fake newspaper.
1: I'm just imagining the trajectory of some like some guy that went for a doctorate defended his dissertation and then they told him well your dissertation sucks shit he's like you know what I'm gonna fucking write for Q. Yeah.
0: You could you could find you could cool. find some a publisher that would publish your monster book for you. Like you could try to maintain some legitimacy. You don't <laughs> you don't just go to work for the fucking Bigfoot magazine.
2: Well, <laughs> they probably pay pretty well. Probably- I was just gonna say. And you know, that is a plot line in uh Red Dragon, the book. Really? Yeah, Yeah. so it kind of makes me think that he watched the thing and then he read Red Dragon and went,
1: hey oh you mean uh, Freddie Lowndes yeah yes Freddie Lowndes is basically uh, a tabloid uh, or it's considered a tabloid reporter well but but, but, it's, he, but
0: it's like it's like a crime kind of like v- a victim harassing kind of tabloid right not like a monsters and ghosts and bat boy kind of tabloid is uh, it?
1: Freddie Lowndes, yeah for sure like is it, definitely like the I think Freddie Lowndes in red dragon uh not the Hannibal. Uh, TV series exactly, but very close um, is definitely on the uh, other side of the sort of muckraker that will uh, ambulance chase right. and be ghoulish and shit what, like one that. one of
0: those one of those like uh, papers you see at at like shitty stores where the whole front page is just mugshots and it's like here's all the people that got arrested for stuff <laughs> like that kind of thing. <laughs>
1: yeah yes exactly
0: yeah uh that's um that's just weird because it's like it it's not trying to lend any legitimacy to the like the wide world news like it it seems to be assumed that all the other stuff they talk about is bullshit you know the fbi guys are joking like oh you found bigfoot we've been looking for that guy like making fun of him and it's like hey you're the you're the one that uh, uh, you, you were the one that brought in this guy. Now you're you're like goofing on him
1: for writing for a funny magazine. Well, this, this also let's not forget that this also infers that the thing reads the World Weekly News.
0: Oh yeah, because it knows this guy. Well, it might have seen or, it might have seen the guy's
2: academic scholarship before he. Well, it it might have eaten somebody who who. Read the weekly world news yeah. or read his articles.
0: I, I, this is some kind of ambient non-human intelligence. Like I think it might have some way of accessing I- information, you know, knowing stuff. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's down there in the hollow earth. It could just pop up anywhere and suck up someone's brain or whatever, you know, if it needed to gain some knowledge. <laughs>
1: that, that That is the part that is really interesting to me because it, it – it, it's exactly that. It's the fact that Thomas Flight is the name of Peter O'Till's character, mm. and he is uh, the self-styled adversary to the uh, goo monster that <laughs> has taken over this this Colorado town, and um, and so then uh, the the. The the movie or the, the plot line or the story then decides to explain that yes, exactly the fact that this goo monster has absorbed so many life forms that it has uh, absorbed human beings who are apparently Christian uh, mm. and then styled itself as the actual adversary of the Bible. Ah. Uh, Good thing well, that there weren't, it didn't swallow well, any other types of ethnicities or, or people who had different <laughs> well, belief systems. Well, it
0: apparently ate some Mayans too. It says, uh, <laughs> there's, it, it, yeah. it names a bunch of famous, uh, urban legend type things like the Roanoke Island, uh, disappearance. And it also says the he also mentions the ruin the Mayan ruins in Palenque in Mexico says well, that it attacked there too. So it's hit up on, it's hit up a few spots
1: around the world. It's got some diversity. Right. In, I mean, in it's high line. That, that's pretty cool. That would have been that could have been explained by having it eat somebody that watched that uh, Leonard Nimoy show. Uh, was it unexplained mysteries or whatever? <laughs> well, I'm Just, talking
0: about uh, Peter O'Toole, the 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 guy. He's naming all these historical uh, instances of of a bunch of people disappearing, and basically saying that the same ancient goo monster is responsible for all of them. At
2: least I think that was the idea. What is Thomas Flight's degree in? Because he writes for a, 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 a crap writer. Obviously, he's a cryptozoologist. He's, he's an expert in cryptids. With with, with a minor in, in bacteriology yeah. and petroleum?
0: I, I, I'm not sure how he knew about the bacteria thing. It kind of sounds like... Uh, On the ride over, the scientists in that lab just explained to him what every one of those samples was. (laughs) Like, they gave him a little crash course, and it's like, okay, here are what all the dangerous samples are. Don't touch any of them.
2: That one's for eating
0: oil or whatever. And he's like, hmm, hopefully
2: I'll remember that later. I think he's a goo monster too, and off camera he ate a bunch of scientists, and now he knows all this stuff.
0: Oh, well maybe he's just a a very well read uh, individual. He's kind of a uh, a jack of all trades. Just loves to read. He's kind of like uh, uh, the <laughs> Matt, Matt Damon character. Yeah, at least like Goodwill Hunting, <laughs> who so, we so, talked so. about in our last episode. He just know. He read all the books in the library, and he knows about every subject. He didn't even have to go to college. He's a genius uh, janitor.
1: Uh, so, <laughs> Pete, it, what Pete is trying to say here is, uh, so what you're saying, Pete, is that it's like a hidden, the hidden type of scenario.
2: Yes, yes. Like, so, <laughs> so, so he's, he's the right, cop, it's a different
1: alien, <laughs> a different alien that uh, is the cop alien now.
2: I, I'm just trying to push another movie on top of this. <laughs> it does It does seem like we were well
0: uh, poised for a sequel at the end there. You know, we got yep. Liev Schreiber at the bar uh, and he says his f- now famous catchphrase, uh, want to see something. Want
3: to see something?
0: I did enjoy Liev's, uh, uh catchphrase. I, I, I did I liked him a lot in the movie. One thing I sort of like appreciated about this movie
3: is like the monster would take on different forms. So like when it was the most like, I don't know sadistic and evil, it would be Lee, Liev Schreiber, and then it would take on the the Copperfield guy, I don't know the actor's name, when it was like being more diplomatic with the with mm. the um, the O'Toole character. I thought that was like a little interesting. Hey, all right. I'll, I'll buy that.
1: That want to see something thing reminded me of, and it's, it's also a 1983 movie, the Twilight Zone movie, hmm. uh, which has the uh, initial little uh, vignette that uh, frames it all is uh, – Uh, Basically, Dan Aykroyd's character is the one that says, hey, you want to see something?
0: That's also what uh, John Landis said to Spielberg right before deliberately crashing that helicopter. (laughs)
1: Oh, oh God. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) Also, coincidentally, what what his lawyer said to him when he got off from that (laughs) scene. Jesus Christ, man.
0: (laughs) sorry um uh yeah uh, i didn't make that connection it is kind of like that and and, i don't know it's a funny thing because where he starts getting all silly and and giggly and i think he he's like he's like kind of like trying to hit on rose mcgowan from the very beginning and like after he goes and looks at that corpse and giggles about it for a bit he finds her and he's like hey want to see something and she's like no (laughs) I thought that was a cool moment and then it's funny that that turned into his like evil uh, uh, monster catchphrase
1: (laughs) Uh, yeah Uh, Jesus Christ (laughs) uh, Rose McGowan uh, sadly uh, she she was like typecast early on wasn't a great
0: performance from her either not one of her best
1: yeah like she's just like I mean, you could probably just look in the credits and be like, weird chick. That's about it. Yeah. Um, it's sad because I think that Rose McGowan has more talent than that, but it's oh, yeah. not really used at all. So
2: um, <clears throat> I know that critical reaction to a movie is, is by no means the best measure of what, whether a movie is any good.
0: It's worth worth mentioning. <laughs> okay.
2: Well, I think th- I think the best description of the critical reaction to this movie was held down and shit on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes gave it a thirteen percent. Yikes.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah, I mean, which I believe I could be wrong. I think that might be slightly higher than Battlefield Earth. Wow. <laughs>
0: Yeah, not, 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 uh, that's under the threshold for certified fresh, right? doesn't yeah quite I'm, I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah this movie has all the makings of like a, f- a forgotten 90s movie it's like an extra dimension of films movie you've never heard of like yeah. that th- like I, I probably would have never heard of this movie if it wasn't for the Affleck is the bomb and phantoms uh, line <laughs> like that's <laughs> that that the fact that uh Kevin Smith felt the need to reference this movie for some reason is the the only reason I e- even knew what it was, uh, and immediately upon watching it, it just felt like, oh yeah, this is a movie that like fell through the cracks that no one ever cared about, and for good reason. But Ted liked it, so there's a happy ending to all that. I
3: mean, I, I wouldn't say I liked it, you, but you I enjoyed did, it more you did than say I say that you to. liked
1: it. So okay,
3: whatever. You
0: wouldn't say it, but you did.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, I, I I think it's it's a perfectly serviceable. Oh, a 90s movie that you'd probably see like on Cinemax. Yeah, I, in ni- in 1991.
0: It, it's interesting because a lot of the movies from this era that were supposed to be really great and won Oscars and shit, such as Goodwill <laughs> Hunting or, or like American Beauty, you know, don't really look that great now. And a movie like this that was considered like a total flop, a critical failure. Everyone hated it. It's garbage. You watch it now and it's like, that's just okay. It's like, whatever, you know, like I didn't hate it. I just don't, it's just not very memorable. You know, it feels average.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's the type of movie that you look at, that you watch and you go like, so what was the decision process or what were the choices that were made in the writing room to get to this? Yeah, who knows? And, and, and it's it's not it's not yeah it's not exactly horrible, but it's not the best thing you've ever seen either.
2: I enjoyed it, okay. which is not always the case with bad movies. Like I I watched this and I'm like, yeah, this is bad, but I kind of had fun with it. Like there was a certain amount of like that experience of trying to figure out what the hell is going on, and I was constantly being surprised. Um, it, it turned out to be fun. Like, I'm glad you guys, you know, suggested whoever came up with watching this. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought me in, even though I will never recommend this to another human being. Sure. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. So it sounds like altogether, you know, we didn't hate it. We all, m- most of us maybe enjoyed it or, or, or something like that. So uh, I yeah, guess I, I, it's like our, so. our group, group rating overall sounds like about like an A minus, right? Like pretty good. Movie,
1: yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it, it was all right. I mean, I, <laughs> I, don't I'm, get me wrong; I'm just joking. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong; I, I didn't hate it. Like it wasn't. Yeah, like, yeah. I, it's I like, didn't.
0: I didn't hate it at all.
1: Right. Exactly. I think that the issue with me is that I I sort of watched it. And it was it was a perfect. It's a perfect background movie. You can w- mm-hmm. put it on the background. It's not. It doesn't require close viewing, because um, it's all very sort of surface level. yeah. I don't want to – I hesitate to use the word dumb, but it's it's not very – it's not a very subtle movie. And so you can probably put it on the background while you're doing something and not miss anything. And it's still somewhat enjoyable and it's got a good cast. So, I mean, honestly, I, I have to wonder what Peter O'Toole actually got paid for this. Uh, because I bet sh- it was like half the budget of this movie. Oh, I, well, I don't know. Peter,
0: Peter O'Toole got top billing, which I found kind of interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, th- actually, uh, Ben Affleck got the uh, the the uh, and credit, the the very prestigious mm. and credit, which I thought was kind of weird. You would think that Peter O'Toole would be the and of this movie, but apparently <laughs> yeah, he's not it was even Ben introduced Affleck. Until like- <laughs> A third
3: of the way through? Maybe even longer? Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I don't know. Affleck, and I wasn't really thinking that Affleck was big enough at the time to be worthy of an and, you know? But
1: yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, O'Toole is sort of like the Anakin in Phantom Menace, where you're like, so, hold on. <laughs> Two thirds of the way through, suddenly we have this, this is the main character? How? What? <laughs>
0: yeah, I... I, I It seems it seems a little weird because all all the the other main characters were cast so young. And that was probably part of the, you know, Dimension Films was making like Scream and I think the faculty, all these like teen movies. They're making movies for, teen you know, teen like summer thrillers. So like they wanted to go. So they got a very young looking sheriff and everyone and the doctor lady looks pretty young. And then Peter O'Toole shows up and he's the fourth member. (laughs) Of their little crew, (laughs) I I feel like the ages maybe should have been split a little more. Like the sheriff character maybe should have been middle aged, and you know, uh, it's it's very funny because it's like it's like a bunch of you know, it's like a little teen detective group, a little Scooby Doo (laughs) teen crew, and then they have this old man friend. (laughs) I mean, he's
1: he's like the Van Helsing to their to their uh, other whatever they are the other characters, uh, yeah. (laughs) I mean, he's he's a very old van Helsing character yeah, for the sure for the rest that makes of the crew. sense
2: yeah <laughs> I'm having trouble figuring out how much this movie costs to make I knew I know it made 5.7 at the box office gross but I think that indicates a huge loss
0: probably yeah uh although I, I'm pretty sure the uh all the various financials for the different Weinstein companies back in the day are, are very, uh, very sketchy. Um, I think they were probably like laundering all kinds of money and p- playing all kinds of financial tricks. So who knows how much well, it actually costs. Har- Har-
1: Harvey Weinstein
0: is shady, you're saying? Yeah, not, not, not the not the uh, most ethical uh,
2: producer, it turns out. <laughs> I would prefer to have a court decide these things myself. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, uh,
0: yeah that, that issue has not been settled in court at this time. So I won't comment any further. Uh, on, on that subject though, I, I do have to wonder since this is ostensibly a Kevin Smith podcast, I found myself wondering like, okay, what is it about Ben Affleck's performance in this movie that Kevin Smith was so taken with? He felt the need to mention it twice in his movie. Uh, and he, and this was the theory that I decided on, uh, Since this was a Harvey movie, and uh, I don't know if you guys know this, Carlo and Pete, but one of our ongoing fascinations on this show is is the, the weird relationship between Harvey Weinstein and Kevin. Harvey was like sort of like a mentor and maybe even a surrogate father for, for Kevin in the early stages of his oh career. Oh, my God. He really, really, lo- he really drank the Kool-Aid on the Weinstein cult. Uh, but anyway, so I'm thinking <laughs> that maybe since Kevin was good friends with Ben by this point, worked with him, maybe he kind of helped out helped him out to get this part maybe put his thumb on the scale a little bit vouched for him to harvey said you got to give my friend ben this part and phantoms so it's and then as like a uh, weird kind of petty uh, after the fact uh thing him being like effusive with praise about Ben Affleck's performance in Phantoms is his way of trying to like, you know, remind him that he like did him a favor. That's my working theory. (laughs) I couldn't, there's not a lot of, there's no like details about the production on Wikipedia or anything. I didn't really look much deeper than that. So I couldn't confirm any of this, but that's just a, a potential theory I have about what Kevin's fixation on this movie was. Or maybe he just thought that Affleck was the bomb. It uh, could, could be certainly, you know, fine.
1: I I'd, I'd mentioned it before, but like one of the things that uh, came to mind while I was watching, like a younger, sort of more baby-faced Affleck, was, mm-hmm. "Holy shit, this guy looks like what a you know a very young James Gandolfini w- might have looked like." What? And I, <laughs>
2: yeah, I can <laughs> see it.
1: Yeah, hmm. I mean, obviously, a thinner james gandolfini as well but uh i don't know i need to look Uh, up a young uh, gandolfini
0: now i never even thought about (laughs) what a young gandolfini would look like that's a good
2: rap (laughs) name young gandolfini Gandolfini. uh well uh just gandolfini the gray
0: does anyone have (laughs) does anyone have any oh okay i see young gandolfini now i'm looking at his uh I can't tell if this is a high school yearbook because he already looks like he could be fifty years old, <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a full head of hair. Doesn't really look like Ben Affleck, but I guess I see what you mean.
1: <laughs> no, no, look. Uh, I'll, I'll send, hold on. Hold on. Let me I, let me send you this. I bet
0: you're looking at the same picture.
1: <laughs> it might be. Uh, let me send you this because this, this is the f- picture describing podcast. It actually it actually yes. like a full head of head of seventies hair.
2: Yeah, I think we're looking at the same I'm, picture. I stumbled across an article, and I just want to read the headline. Soprano star James Gandolfini once threatened to beat up Harvey Weinstein. Oh, yeah, that's a great story. Yeah, <laughs> he,
0: he did. And um, uh, uh, does anyone else, before I, I move on to some, uh, some other news to close this out, does anyone have any final thoughts about Phantoms uh, co-starring Ben Affleck?
3: Um, I want to say that it reminded me of the Stephen King novel Desperation. Have I have any of you read that? Tack.
0: No, I haven't.
3: Yes, exactly. Um, it, it's I loved that book as a kid. I don't know why, but it's a similar thing. Like small town, uh, they fight like an ancient monster. Except for it's like explicitly Christian, oh, <laughs> um, and stuff like that. It, it's pretty fun. The like monsters in a minefield or a not a mine a mine shaft at the end, which is like. To me, you know, a mine is sort of like where oil is. I know it's not,
0: but... I remember (laughs) as a kid, there was this Stephen King TV miniseries. I don't think it was a book. I think it was just an original miniseries called Storm of the Century. And that also referenced the Roanoke Island disappearance thing. It was also about a whole town of people disappearing. But in that, I think it was like the devil. There was this guy who was supposed to be the devil and he was making whole towns... Of people disappear for some reason it was a long time ago i don't really remember much that's just what i think yeah. of whenever i hear roanoke island mentioned
1: i mean uh, the, the funny thing about roanoke island is that the very simplest answer is yeah like they melded with the sort of like the tribes that were around them because the decided, tribes had food thank you yes or, and also or the tribes also, just
0: killed them all
1: Well, I mean, that's the that's sort of like the pessimistic. Maybe they maybe they killed some, but it's it's pretty well documented that the the, like the Native American tribes were very welcoming to uh, people that just decided to walk away from the fucking the colonies. Uh, mainly because they walked away. Mainly because, well, I don't get whipped if I don't do the job that I'm supposed to do. Yeah, (laughs) and also I get starved. Also,
0: it's not like they just disappeared overnight. Like to make a, a ship journey to back to Europe and then back is like that was like two fucking years or something that it took for whichever guy to go all the way back to England and then return to Roanoke Island to find them all gone. Like a lot of time had passed. So, yeah. you know, lots of stuff could have happened in that time. But it was probably the devil or some kind of ancient uh, Lovecraft monster. One, one, one a of, monster. one of those.
1: It couldn't have been like Native Americans that welcomed them.
0: No, that's not spooky enough. Uh, So uh, I I wasn't we weren't really going to do Kevin's receipts. Uh, Kevin's receipts is our um, our segment where we just talk about bad posts that Kevin makes. And I wasn't going to do that during Benuary, but something came across my desk. Unfortunately, people always send me this stuff. And uh, by the time oh, this God. is out, it's going to be old news. But I can't just not uh, talk about this. Unfortunately, <laughs> like this was—it's—it's <laughs> it's very upsetting, <laughs> Kevin. It's uh, man, it's this one's like a little bit morbid. But don't worry, it's just about a cop, so not like a. Oh, that, you're <laughs> yeah. fine, uh, Kevin Smith posted. <laughs> I'd like to offer this Defender of Democracy Award I received from the, uh, he tags People for the American Way here, I think, at people for who gave it to me for dogma. So this is an award, uh, a certificate of special congressional recognition presented to Kevin Smith for the People of the American Way Defender of Democracy Award winner. So, this was an award he was given to by this, like, liberal, I don't know, free speech organization for making the movie Dogma. Anyway, I'd like to offer this Defender of Democracy Award I received to the family of South River, New Jersey native Officer Brian Sicknick, who gave his life defending our democracy during the attack of the Capitol. (laughs) Thank you, Brian. Awful. He... Okay, there's so many things uh, wrong with this. Uh, First of all, uh, without getting into the finer points of the whole Capitol uh, siege thing, uh, I'd just like to say our official We Need to Talk About Kevin podcast position is that when cops die, it's fine. It's not a problem. But yeah, um,
3: except for n- not speak. Oh yeah, the yeah. But
0: I mean, that was it. That was it. Was worth it with him, you know. It was part of the plan, so that's fine. Very. But yeah. um, but uh, uh, plus, he was a former cop. There's some leeway there. Anyway, uh, but let's pre- let's pretend. For a minute. I also my views don't necessarily represent Pete or Carlo or Podside Picnic, of course.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're actually we we send our our Patreon proceeds to the Fraternal Order of Police. Of
0: course, okay, yeah. Well, that's fine. No, we can <laughs> have reasonable disagreements in a Listen, democracy. <laughs>
3: this is a time for America to come together. We got to get rid of these divides, and I think that's what Kevin's saying here.
0: If you're the family of this mur- of this dead of this police officer who died in this fucking idiot nerd. <laughs> wants to give you this fake award that he got for making the movie dogma like this is his grand gesture like i love democracy so much that this stupid piece of paper i've saved for over 20 years from this joke award that i got i'd like to pass it on to the family of this dead cop
1: Please I'll please accept my my award. They don't want the that poop. shit you idiot. Give them money the,
0: the, or something if you want to support them. <laughs> I mean don't. Don't give them anything. They'll probably be fine. Cops have yeah. uh pensions or insurance or something. I don't know. They're fine. Well,
1: I mean they they're all Page rather well. Uh, also, uh, it, it's sort of hilarious. There's probably the, already the movie... multiple
0: GoFundmes for, for those people. Anyway,
1: oh guess. for sure. But but I, I do think that it's pretty hilarious that he's like, you know what, the award that I got, I don't deserve. I don't movie, deserve this. <laughs> I I don't deserve <laughs> this. I made a movie about a poop demon, and you deserve this award. This award belongs to our the real heroes. <laughs> The real heroes deserve the Poop Demon Award. You're the real defender of democracy. (laughs) Christ. (laughs) Oh, my God.
0: Oh, that's so good. Um, Not to dwell on the morbid for too long. Uh, hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, everyone will have forgotten about the whole capital thing and decided it's not a big deal. We gotta, we gotta laugh. Just like with not, just like with nine eleven, which was the same exact level of tragedy. We need to learn to laugh so we can all move on and uh, be united again. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so you could say that it's all. It's isn't it ironic that he decided to offer that, that award? <laughs> oh come oh, on! Uh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, i'm mad
3: i'm mad about that one (laughs) my god
2: Uh, i I might be able to mute him guys hold on (laughs) (laughs) um okay uh
0: one patron shout out this week we have a new patron whose name is george a fine gentleman named george Looks like he's got a Welcome creepy George. clown as his uh Patreon picture. So that's cool. Uh nothing, hey. nothing wrong with that. Uh thanks that's thanks awesome. for your support, George. Thank you to all our patrons. Of course, all three of our promised uh, Benuary uh, special episode should be available now. There might actually be one more Benuary coming. Uh, I I don't know. We haven't decided yet, but we might do one. Let us know. We might do one more premium Benuary, even though it won't technically be Benuary anymore, just because we have nothing better to talk about. Uh, We'll
3: see. And I'll say... (laughs) You know, I haven't consulted with Trevor about this, but if there's a Ben Affleck movie you want us to talk about, you know, you know, put it. Just we'll know talk about Ben
0: Affleck anytime. It just won't be this a special occasion anymore. This is so much better anymore. than Kevin Smith. Yeah. Guys. But look, we know. Look, I know people want us to get back to talking about Kevin Smith stuff, and I promise we are going to do that. Uh, There was a fair amount of Kevin content on this episode, I think. I made made a poll on, like, Twitter just as a joke. We're like, do people want us to talk about Kevin more or less or the same? And overwhelmingly, people voted for more, which I was not (laughs) expecting. And I don't even understand how we could possibly talk about Kevin Smith more (laughs) than we already do. But it's... Like I've said before, it's a curse. We know that this is what our patrons pay us for. We ha- we do have to resume talking about Kevin, but uh, check out the Patreon if you also like non Kevin content. Also, uh, if you want to get a, a, a one of our stupid T shirts we made, we have a merch shop now on Teespring. I'll, I'll put the link in the in the thing. I'm not going to try to read out the URL. But, uh, yeah, we've got a little merch store on there. We've even got a Ben Affleck. <laughs> www. We've Dot. even got a Ben Affleck shirt. If you want a Ben Affleck shirt, uh, check, check out all of the links that I'll include uh, in the description for this episode. And, of course, we'll have some links for these guys, Carlo and Pete, as well. Uh, why don't you guys tell us where everybody can find you and your great content?
2: So um if you if you go to Google and you type Podside Picnic, you should be able to find our podcast immediately. We're also on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash podside picnic. Um we have a lively Discord with movie nights and all sorts of stuff. We'd love to have you drop by. So listen to our free stuff or subscribe for the paid stuff. Either way, you're very welcome.
0: Uh, uh, Carlo, Uh, any, any, anything else from either of you? Carlo, you got any? Carlo, podcast.
2: maybe tell them what we do because I neglected to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a picnic-based podcast. Yeah, it's where about picnic. Review
0: <laughs> different picnic foods. We, we, we just they eat. love picnic baskets. <laughs> we, they love trying to steal. They love, of ants at picnics. They love stealing picnic <laughs> baskets from unsuspecting uh, picnicking families.
1: <laughs> Who does? We, we, really, we guide folks. we guide people uh, into a the zone, uh, which is a place in Russia. Apparently, uh, no. Um, if yeah, you appreciate. We, we, that generally, reference then
0: you'll love their podcast
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> you, you will um, but uh we we generally talk about the literature of the fantastic uh mm. but also movies and tv shows and all sorts of all this silly bullshit that falls within the uh speculative fiction uh, umbrella we interview
2: uh, a lot of authors
1: we do so uh, if you if you like hearing about uh, reading stuff, great. If you don't, we have movie stuff and TV shows, uh, and we do bring on authors every once in a while to talk.
2: Cool. Well, there you have it, folks. The weirdest thing is I feel like Ted sounds like me 30 years younger. Wow. I'm 24, so – yeah, that's that's accurate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I might. Oh, man. I never know young, how young I sound, because you know how Ted, that works. I'm calling Ted Young Pete now. You can be it's Young okay. Pete, young and Pete's I'm another Young... another cool uh, What was the other thing? What was the Young joke we did before? Uh, Gandolfini. I'm young, Sheldon? I'm Young Gandolfini. Yeah, you we're going to do, do a rapping Pete. month.
1: <laughs> <laughs> young Gandolfini. Yes, Young Gandolfini. <laughs> Yeah. Model.
0: I'll
3: (laughs) beat. Carlo didn't say it, but he writes short stories that are really good. Go read them. I read them a
0: lot.
1: Thanks, man. Uh,
0: www.carlosshortstories.com. I think that's the way. Carlo
1: just posts them and I read them (laughs) from there. My website is actually uh, alineofink.com. Oh, uh, there you go. Alineofink.com.
0: There you have it. Uh, I will tr- attempt to compile all these links in the description so you don't have to remember them all. Uh, Patreon.com slash We Need to Talk About Kevin, of course. Uh, that's another one. Uh, anyway, uh, all out of links, Ted, you got any more links to, th- to throw out there? Uh www.pornhub.com. Okay, don't Always don't a good go there. They're problematic. We don't we don't support them. Not a not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Uh, check it's not a sponsor. Check out check out, check out HBO Max. Uh, start your free trial today. Thank you for listening. HBO good Max. night, everybody. Good night. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones.